You're listening to another great podcast in the MyMac Podcasting Network. Uh, we should, if we're going to talk about this stuff, we should talk about it on the podcast, though. Yeah, really. Uh, yeah, I hear we're doing a podcast. I think that's how we're going to start the show, uh, geeky show this week, people, is we're going to have a podcast. We're going to try something new and different. We're going to, yeah. No, <laughs> yeah. No, actually, think we're going to. Think, uh, yeah, or uh, yeah, think different. Actually, what we're going to do is we're going to talk about the keynote that Apple had. Uh, we'll skip the weather because, uh, you know, hey, whatever, you know. It's freaking It's hot. raining, okay? It's yeah. hot and it's raining. and I'm finally getting the summer I deserve, and Melissa's got the this. same old shit, so there you go. Mm-hmm. That's but, right. Uh, yep. So, yeah, we'll talk about uh, uh, the, the Mac world uh, the, uh, or the uh, uh, Apple keynote. There we go. Uh, and all the uh, interesting things that was announced. Some of it was interesting. Some of it was just, like, outlandish, because before we started recording, we were talking about the cheese grater Mac, and we are going, cute, but not for us. So, yeah, uh, but the, the, the great thing was that there was something for everybody. Yes. I don't think anybody can walk away from this this year's WWDC and say, eh, meh. There was really, it was packed. There yeah. was something for everybody. Well, I got to say, my favorite part was Craig Federici making fun of iTunes. Oh, yeah, I love that. And saying, okay. <laughs> yeah, when, he, when he said, we have to fill it up with more. Let's right. add the calendar. Let's yeah. add mail. Yeah. I mean, I like the fact that. He listened to the customers. He and he didn't take himself so seriously and Apple so seriously, and they just made yes. fun of it. And they you made know, fun they, of themselves. Yeah, and they just said, "Okay, we know, we know, we heard you. Cool. Okay, now we're <laughs> going to break it up." And, and then, then the yeah. then when they did the YouTubers, the influencers, which I can't stand that term, but when he after the after those two yeah. people were talking about how to put the makeup on, he goes, mm-hmm. "That gave us a lot to think a lot about." To think about. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I thought that's awesome. Uh-huh. <laughs> Yeah, so I mean, they really. I think there was a lot of inclusion this year. I think there well, was a lot, a lot for everybody. Um, I liked it back to the the part we were talking about iTunes breaking up iTunes, and he said, and now when you if you still got to plug in your iPod or your iPhone, this is what you'll see. Nothing. <laughs> and I kind of like gasped, like, ah, yeah. that's great. Well, yeah, that made a lot more sense to me. And the thing that wasn't in the announcement that they announced before this. What do people think of introducing a new iPod? Uh, it, it's most people now have a phone. Um, I thought it was interesting. They updated the hardware a little bit because I still have my uh, iPod around here, but it won't go past was it version six or whatever it was. Um, iOS six, I think it. I think that was the uh, furthest I could go with it. But uh, they they brought it out. I mean. I don't know. Is there is there still a market for the iPods? Oh, hell yes. Hell I yes. Two, two big niche markets. Yeah, kids and families. True. And developers. Right okay. there. I mean, why why buy a whole other phone when you can just buy an iPod and use that for your testing? I mean, it's 200 bucks, And you don't need more than the 32 gigs, unless you're Kevin. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, then they can get by with 8K, but there you go. Right. <laughs> For all we love his, you, Kevin. Yeah, you're, his extensive music collection. So, that, yeah. <laughs> uh, but for developers, and yeah, I mean, okay. for kids, you, you probably need a little bit more if your intent is loading movies and and not a lot of their games. You know, there's some really powerful games on there, but that's just it. They're very powerful and they take up many, many megabytes, sometimes gigs. I mean, there's a couple of the games that the kids like that are, you know, they're, they're like two, three gigs, you know, just in, in and of themselves, just for the game, never mind the data that it starts to amass over time. But that being said, I mean, there are options for that if you know that those are going to be the use case scenarios that you're that you're going to be uh, utilizing it for. But 
Yeah, I mean, I can just think of right right off the top of my head that 32 gig would really be great for developers. Oh, yeah. People, you know, making apps for them because, you know, you always need to have a test model whenever you're developing for stuff. Yeah, I guess I haven't bothered. Okay, it goes all the way up. Oh, it goes all the way up to a 256 uh, gig iPod for $400. So, okay, so okay. you figure that's plenty to store some really, you know, heavy video games, you know, actual games to store lots of music. And then, you know, you still have the option to plug in a little jump drive to put your music and your videos on and play them from that. You don't have to store the videos on the hard drive if if you're going to be putting lots of large games and lots of data on it. Right. Yeah, and now, uh, okay, I, I've i been a little lazy, and I was traveling when the keynote took place, so I haven't really watched the keynote. Did I see something about, uh, uh, well, okay, I guess that would, uh, let's start with the first thing on uh, the list from Apple here, which is iOS 13. Um, now, did I see that it's going to have... Uh, or maybe that's under iPad, uh, the iPad OS, which is another. Uh, I saw something about them jump, uh, plugging in a jump drive, and being able to read off of that. I think that would be under the iPad mm-hmm. OS. See that the thing I'm yeah, a little unsure. OS. The thing I'm unsure about that with that is they mentioned it under files, so you yes. can use that yes. to, to go through your files. But will you be able to use it to either transfer music onto your device if you're like me and you still mm-hmm. want to own yeah. your music, mm-hmm. or just listen? If you don't mind having it hanging out the bottom of your iPhone or your iPad mm-hmm. and listen to music, or is I mean, it strictly for moving files? You know, just I hope uh, to looking hell, files. I hope to hell that they're going to improve that workflow because I've often said that you know some of the SanDisk and and some of the other jump drives that are out there in the market now, where you know one end is a USB and one end is Lightning, or you know lately I've been waiting for the the Lightning to USB three or USB C version. Uh, the the hardware is sexy, right? The hardware is built really wonderfully, but then you go to look at the app, and it's like it's piece of shit oh, UI. Yeah. It's terrible. It's terrible to navigate, and they don't support it. They don't keep it updated. So I'm really hoping that that problem will be solved with the ability to be able to use a jump drive and then use the files app as the interface for the jump drive. That that I'm not sure about. I have those same kind of questions that surround that because the apps that come from the developers of the the hardware for those type of jump drives are crap. But right. if we can bypass that and not have to use those apps and just use the files app, like maybe there's maybe there's an API or you would think that there would be because right now the way that it works is you have to get the app that has been made by the developer of the hardware. So say I'm just going to pick on SanDisk, for example. Um, I forget. See, and, and the names are like never really that memorable. I have one that I don't even know who makes it. No, I do know who makes it. I think McAlley makes one called the Media Share, but it's spelled, they always spell them funky so that you can find them. Like instead of it being S H A R E, it's S H A I R. Like that's kind of dumb in my opinion. But, you know, you go and you look at that app and it's just horrendous. It's an awful interface and it doesn't, it just, it's not, it doesn't work very well. So if we could somehow get around that and not have to be so reliant on the interface that comes with, the hardware and i don't know what i don't know what blesses that like i don't know what makes that sure. possible it's got to be a, some kind of an api or like you know so how do you deal with like third party hardware when there's a software interface interface that's necessary in order to be able to operate it so that's that's well, an open question that i'd like to see answered and i would like to see it and we'll have to see what it does because i'm looking at it here and that is under ipad os uh, it says connect an external hard drive sd card reader or even yes a usb drive well i have a few 
wireless uh, devices that I would mm-hmm. like to yeah, be able to connect. Yeah, that's what I was talking about, the Mac, yeah, the Mac Yeah, oh, okay, yeah. And, yeah, it would be nice to be able to connect that uh, and be able to save files. Because, like you say, yes, the all these things have a, an app to use it, but it's basic. It may even be just like a web interface almost. And Yeah, yeah. yeah. Sometimes you have to go to an IP address. Yeah, and so I would just like to be able to have it say. And I thought I said, I thought I saw somewhere reading something about being able to connect to an uh, SMB drive. Oh yeah, yep, they did. Mm -hmm. They did say that. Okay, yeah. So Windows uh, file share. So if it can do Mm -hmm. something like that, and if the hardware will create like you know an SMB share somewhere, that would be awesome to be able to just uh, you know have because I've got a. Uh, yeah, a wireless uh, hard drive, uh, portable hard drive back here with a battery in it. Yeah, it would be sweet to uh, carry your files around and be able to access them and pull them in and work on them like you would with a you know a real computer. And mm-hmm. then, and that's what I get the feeling that they're doing with this iPad OS is having it be closer to uh, a computer. Some you know, uh, somewhere between the, the tablet and the computer, giving you mm-hmm. the uh, the split screen, the the or the home screen. They've had the split screen now, but you know they're giving you the. Uh, it looks like a you know a desktop interface there where you can have more stuff on there. And there was a lot of people talking about. I, I was looking at the comments on Twitter, and there was people saying, "Well, where is mouse support?" Well, uh, it and, is there now. It is yes, there now. And in the true Apple uh, way, they do things, which makes you go, "What?" Uh, they put it in the accessibility. I think is from what I I yes, saw people they made, saying. They put it in accessibility, but the other nice, interesting thing about that is now that accessibility is moved up. It's it's been prioritized somewhere higher in hierarchy in the settings. So I don't think you have to click through so many screens to get to it anymore. So, yeah, I mean, it's getting to the point where you can plug it in to a keyboard and a mouse and have a, you know, a computer uh, and then pull the stuff out and take it with you and have a, um, you know, a, a tablet that you can use for, you know, out and about stuff. And I didn't, uh, I, like I say, I'm admitting to being lazy is this going to work on all iPads, or is there going to be some that are excluded? Yeah, that's it's that's going to be easy. it's going to be the current ones, the iPad Pros, the iPad Airs, the smaller iPads. So the iPad, whatever I bought a few years ago, mm-hmm. should work. Okay. Yeah, because mine's a ten and a half inch from two thousand seventeen that I bought yeah. last year. I guess basically, if it runs iOS twelve, it should run iOS thirteen and have those capabilities, yep. right? Yep. Okay. So you, I didn't hear anything about a mouse. Um, no, but it's it has evidently has cursor ability. So now I guess you just use your finger. But yes, that I, I heard. I didn't hear anything about a mouse though. Yeah, I don't know about a mouse unless that's under like a uh, accessibility. Uh, what do they call it? Devices, um, switches, and things that you can add on to it. Maybe that might be what. Because my problem is, and this is this is me. This isn't the <laughs> iPad or Apple. This is me. I cannot do the touch screen as far as um, like I can't use a trackpad on my computer. I have to use a mouse. I can't do the slide over and the split screen. I just can't get my fingers to. I can. I just can't get them to do it. I can do this. I can do the. Um, uh, what do you call it? Um, uh, zooming, it? zooming in and out. Oh, pinch and I can zoom. do that. Yeah, I can do that, no problem. But when it comes to bringing a second app up and making it a split screen, I just can't do it. Mm-hmm. My fingers, I don't know if it's the skin on my fingers or what, but I just can't seem to do that. So anything that involves manipulation with your fingers doesn't really mean a whole lot to me because I just can't do it. 
I've done yeah, this. Yeah, I work with that a lot with my with my group of yeah. people that that I service, and a lot of it has to do with yeah the elasticity of their skin, the conductivity of the skin. Um, sometimes people are on heart heart uh, medicine or blood pressure medicine that affects how the blood pumps through. A lot of times, what what you might want to try this and, and see if it works for you. I know it sounds silly, but what we've kind of figured out with my other clients and I is that if you kind of take your fingers and rub them together really mm-hmm. quickly, just warming up the skin and maybe creating a little bit of electricity, maybe, you know how like some people are like get static electricity all the time. Like I must have just an electrifying personality because I'm always getting shocked with stuff no matter where I go. Mm-hmm. But some people too. just don't, some people don't conduct that way. Um, but it definitely has a lot of, a lot to do with the gesturing. I, some, somebody was making a joke about it. I saw it a couple times on Twitter, like, you know, making fun of how many gestures there are now, you know, there's so it's like swipe up with nine fingers and then swipe <laughs> to the left. And you know, it does get, it does get a bit ridiculous. And, and it is a challenge to be able to grok all of that. And then to try to like, you, you've learned the muscle memory of how to do it. And then to have to stop, slow down your brain enough so that it can come out of your mouth and verbalize how to do it when you're trying to demonstrate it is, is a bit tricky. But it's like, I could sit there and go, well, you just do this. You know, like, I know better not to do that anymore. But, you know, for a while there, it was like, it would be hmm, very perplexing. How come I can do it? But when the person does exactly what I just demonstrated for them, exactly, it doesn't work for them. So it definitely has something to do with the skin contact. And, I mean, sometimes I've watched people where they're swiping, but they they almost do it as if they're, like, angry at it. Like, they just want to give it the big old middle mm-hmm. finger and they just want to stab it, you know. But they, they don't allow enough skin to glass contact for enough of a time they'll they'll just they'll either touch it too lightly or they'll not touch it long enough or the swipe doesn't go from one end of the screen to the other or they'll place their finger a little bit too high or a little bit too low i mean there's a lot of false advertising going on oh it's just so easy you just do this no 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 it's not that easy it really really isn't trying to teach people how to interact with the touchscreen. I mean, little kids can do it. They've got their grubby little soft little fingers, you know, that are always coated in boogers or something. It's like maybe, maybe little kids just have a coating that old people lose over time. I don't know. I just it's like, it's like your oleophobic uh, oil rubs off over time and you don't have it anymore. I just found the answer for the pointing devices. I'm looking at an article from Mac Stories. It says yeah. iPad OS, the Mac Stories overview. As discovered by Steve Troughton Smith, Apple has added support for a connected mouse or trackpad to be used as a pointing device on iPad OS. It's not meant to be a default interaction method, instead existing as an accessibility feature as part of assisted touch. Interesting. So you're going to want to try that, huh? Does it work with Bluetooth that I take it? That I don't. Mouse? Well, it says USB mouse. But, oh, USB mouse. Um, yeah, but I think, I, so, huh. and I think under the iOS part, I had saw something because it or iOS or tvOS, uh, they were adding support for uh, Bluetooth uh, gaming devices. Yes, at, they added uh, some for the PS and the Xbox box, and stuff. And yeah, yeah, that got a lot of cheers from the audience. Evidently, a lot of gamers were in the audience that were really excited about that. Yeah, because. Um, I've got a uh, little uh, Bluetooth device that you can put your tablet in, and you connect it, yeah, by Bluetooth, and then you can. It's a gaming, uh, you know, so you can uh, have a gaming pad for your uh, your phone or your tablet. Like I say, it fits in there, and so it's like a. It looks like a Nintendo Switch type of thing, but 
I've tried it with the uh, iPhone and the iPad, and it won't make the connection. So I don't know. Hopefully this will add support for that. It'll connect to all my other devices, but when I go to pair the Bluetooth, it just goes, huh? And, you know, I can't, uh, it doesn't see it. So I, I, yeah. I can tell you for the Apple TV, we have the fourth gen, not the 4K, but the fourth gen. And that you can connect, uh, you can connect one set of Bluetooth headsets. I wish you could do more than one. Last time I checked, I think you could only do one at a time. I wish that there could be more so like we could watch something together and not like disturb the kids. But you can also connect via Bluetooth gaming devices. And Mike, you'll have to help me out with this. Um, so the kids play Minecraft on right. Apple TV. And they use a Bluetooth gaming controller. It's got the D-pad on it. But it's like the gray one where I guess it looks like something that you would hook up to an Xbox where you can grip it with both hands. Right. And it's got the colored buttons and the D-pad and, you know, the the front buttons, the A, sure. the B, all that kind of stuff. So they can use those and they can hook up two of those and play Minecraft together on it. Huh. And I and you said Minecraft. Uh, I thought I saw something about... Yep. Uh, was that under iOS or where was that? Uh, that was under they, that was when they introduced the AR capabilities. Okay. Um, the augmented reality. They they usually it seems like the sev- past several keynotes have had some kind of gameplay that involved pulling this large gaming table out onto the stage. Of course, all this stuff is done in 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 black, you know, while it's dark. And so I, I, I imagine when you're there, you see them pulling it out. But just the audience at home, it just magically appears. And then this time they had what looked to be some kind of like a specialized carpet or something that they had on the floor. And they didn't really talk about that too much. I was just like, hmm, I wonder what's that thing on the floor. But they demonstrated <laughs> Minecraft Earth, I think. I, I yeah. think it was called Minecraft Earth. And it was pretty cool. So basically it was an immersive augmented reality setup where you could build Minecraft in 3D and it it felt like you were actually in Minecraft. In fact, the girl got in and she was all like enveloped by this Minecraft scene that she and the the other guy that she was demonstrating with had built. She's like, hi, mom, look, I'm in Minecraft. (laughs) Well, because I've signed up for the, because they have a, uh, uh, they're they're, uh, experimenting with Minecraft Earth. So I signed up Uh for that and I don't, Uh I, I haven't heard anything more about it, but I thought it'd be kind of cool because, yeah, if you could take Minecraft out in the real world and, like, say, you could step outside your house and you could, you know, do Minecrafty things around your house and share it with other people, yeah. uh, you know, that'd be kind of cool. Or if it's kind of mm-hmm. like Pokemon Go where you're, you know, walking down the street, uh-huh. so you have another reason to walk out into traffic or whatever. <laughs> right. But I built a bridge right across the street. I walked up over the bridge. I swear I did. Or I've got my, I'm standing out there with my sword whacking at the car as it runs me over you know something. do you remember the movie lawnmower man i know of it i've never seen it okay that was just like a really trippy movie that i watched when i was a teenager i just remember going to see that in the theater and like it was really wild because that was the first time i ever seen anything that had to do with virtual reality and like i look at the stuff i'm like oh man this is really trippy like i can, I can only imagine it must be like like that like lawnmower man Without the drugs. <laughs> so something else that's cool about the iPad, I think, is going to be um, the sidecar. Yes, I, I'm glad you brought that up. I was, oh, I, sure. Of course, we were all like, Kevin, <laughs> yeah, as soon as we saw that. No, so I, I, hopefully about it will work. And, yeah, yeah hopefully it will work because I've used, I forget which one I used, but it never worked correctly, mm-hmm. the one I used before. And it was just, it wasn't, 
there was so much arguing with it. It just wasn't worth it anymore. So this will be great for podcasting because this way you can put maybe your notes, you know, you have Skype on your computer, but you've got your notes on your iPad or you can, you know, just it's, I think it's going to be really helpful. Assuming it works. Well, and I think that that may scratch the itch for those people who want a touch device in front of them. Like for example, I, I don't know, maybe I'm just so old school that I can't imagine how ergonomic and comfortable that would be to sit in front of a computer screen with a keyboard in front of you and a mouse or a trackpad to the right of you or in front of you or whatever. And then to be working on something and to, I I don't have that desire. I know other people do, but I do not have a desire to pick up an Apple pencil or a finger or a stylus and reach out. What do they call it? Crossing the median or something. I don't have a desire to reach out with my hand and, and hold my arm up and draw or make marks on a touchscreen. I just have absolutely no desire to do that. But there are a lot of people that do have that desire. And so when they when they demoed it, it was like you could have your cake and eat it too. You could have the best of both worlds. You could have your computer screen, your just your regular standard display that's not a touch device, and then use Sidecar to have an iPad display next to you. And that could be hooked up to a keyboard as well. And you could reach out and make notes or draw on it. I just don't have a desire to do it while it's upright. Well, I can I, see holding it like a pad of paper, but I don't understand why. But see, for some people, surface. I know like for Kevin, for his job, he needs those multiple screens. Mm-hmm. But for some people, either it's too big, you don't need all those screens, or they don't have the room. Like, I don't have the room for that. And it could be too expensive. And like you said, best of both worlds, where they yeah. can put what they need, you know, the, the, the spreadsheet maybe goes on their computer, and maybe the uh, their mail goes on their iPad because they have to be able to answer the email right away because of their job, or text messaging, or Slack, right. or whatever it mm-hmm. happens to be. So maybe they use their iPad more as a secondary, where... It's there when they need it, but they're not going to be uh, act- interactive with it as much as they are with their computer. Well, and, and then that, when they're ready to pack up and go, they just fold it yeah. up and disconnect it and off they go. Mm-hmm. That's kind of how I already have mine set up. So that is, in my mind, a very easy transition. Like I could see how attractive that is. And, and in my situation, I could like add on. It would be like a third display. Like you said, I, I've tried those same kind of apps where you try to make it a, a secondary display using your iPad and it never quite works right. So I'm excited to try it because I have a cinema display in the center and then I have my MacBook Pro off to the right. And I only have a 13-inch MacBook Pro because that's the one that I pack up in my backpack and then go off to a house call with. That's the one that I use to do training and demonstrations and take notes and all that kind of stuff. So that is kind of like the iPad in that in that scenario that they showed. And I absolutely love this setup. It makes me so happy that it feels like I have basically like a huge, because I have a nice like, what is it? it's like a 27-inch cinema display. So it's like sitting in front of an iMac almost. And then when I'm ready to go off to a house call, all I have to do, if I have drives mounted, I eject those first. But all I really have to do, because I have it connected to a a Thunderbolt 3 dock, all I have to do is just unplug it and then close the lid and put it in my backpack and off I go. And then I open it up. I, you know, sit down at a client house call. I open it up and I continue like right where I left off because sometimes I'll do that. Like I'll start notes where I know what we're going to work on that day and I'll have my notes set and ready to go. And then I make sure that when I sit down at the client's desk, then when I open it up, my notes are ready to go. And then vice versa, when I come back home, I reconnect it, open it up, and then there are my notes. And everything, you know, like right now, I'm, I'm looking at my notes on my big screen and then I have like our Skype window and our chat window and all the little stuff on my 13-inch display. 
So, and it just works seamlessly across. So now I could imagine having like maybe an iPad on the left side. So kind of like heaven, I would almost be like enveloped by screens in a way. I'd have three different displays to look at and they would each have their own job to do, but they're all like sort of interconnected. I just, I just love it. It's awesome. And another use for the sidecar would be for like graphic designers who want their color palette. Or, yes, absolutely. Or, or who need to draw, you know, uh, it's one thing to draw with a mouse, but it's another to pick up a pen and oh, yeah. interact with what you're drawing there. So uh, mm-hmm. for certain types, I could see that. And um, yeah. I could see like a really cool mount on a standing desk that would allow you to put the iPad in like a cradle of some sort so that it would be angled almost like a like a canvas. That I could see wanting like that I could see where I would have the desire to want to pick up a pencil and work with it upright but not just having it set in front of me and like reaching out straight in front of me I have no desire to put my arm out straight in front of my in front of my face and I don't understand the 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 desire to do that but as a palette on the side then yeah that totally makes sense um so yeah, while we're in iPad here, um, the the OS they're finally well, you know I guess we kind of buried the lead here, but they finally decided that for the iPad they just was going to give it its own OS, which is just a variation yes. of iOS, but with special features like the uh, you know more desktop like uh, stuff, slide over and split view, uh, multi uh, you can have multiple iterations of an app open, so you can have two note apps open, so you can uh, look at one and uh, copy and paste or write on both or whatever turns you on. Um, home screen, so you can have widgets pin, uh, pinned to the side there, which is, I haven't I haven't gotten into widgets. I've got some set up, but the, on my phone, you know, you have to swipe from the left, and I just never think to do that. And sometimes I accidentally swipe from the left and go, oh, yeah, I've got this shit on here. Mm-hmm. Uh, <laughs> so if you could have them on the screen, they might actually be a little bit more useful, and I might use them a little bit more. Um, you know, uh, app, uh, see, what is this? Uh, P- Apple Pencil. Um, that's not new. I, I don't think they. They have new tools. New tools, okay. That's new palettes. Okay. Yeah. Uh, markup and then some uh, uh, sidecar uh, text editing. Um, but then I saw somewhere, yeah, cursor navigation, multi-select. Um, oh yeah, that was the gesture that they demonstrated where sure. you could swipe with three fingers to select a bunch of text, and then like I think it was like a double tap with three fingers to cut and paste it it was it was a new way to work with selecting text in other words and i don't know they didn't demonstrate that but what we're used to is a long press and then you you hesitate with your finger on the screen you wait for the loop to show up a magnifying glass you wait for the loop to show up so that it magnifies where the cursor is and then you nudge the cursor across and then you leave your finger go when the cursor reaches the area where you want to make the change well now you just basically long press and slide over Okay. So, yeah, so that's going to take some word, getting used to. Yeah, select a word with a double tap, a sentence with three taps, or a whole paragraph with four taps. Okay. Which is actually how you do it on the Mac. So they're making that to be a lot more of an easier transition between the two. They're making right. that parallel now. So you used to have to do it a little more, like you used to think about it a lot more differently on an iOS version of it and how you select text with your finger versus using a mouse or a trackpad, some kind of input device, uh, a series of clicks. So yeah, when you double click a word, it highlights the whole word. If you just click once, you get a cursor. If you 
click three times with the mouse, you can select an entire sentence. Okay. Well, and then something else, and this might be interesting because there's been a few times uh, the the keyboard, uh, you know, it slides up from the bottom or sometimes the the blessed thing is over, you know, some field you're trying to fill in. And so uh, because of some lack of communication between the app and the keyboard, you... uh, I've had it happen a couple times that we, the field you need to fill in is behind the keyboard, and sometimes I'm trying to pull up on the with one finger so I can see what I'm typing and then let it go back down. But uh, they've got a floating mm. keyboard here, and then the uh, the swipe they're calling it Quick Path, but you know I think most of us are mm-hmm. used to the swipe uh, typing thing. And wasn't it uh, S-W-Y-P-E? Wasn't that? Did they Sherlock that? Did they purchase? The swipe um, app? Because I've used that in the past. I've got one on my phone. Let me see what I've this always is. been hesitant to download those and install those. And I'll tell you why. Because uh, every Swift time... Key. Swift Key okay, is what that's, I have. That's another one. Yeah. Um, anytime I've ever downloaded those or went to like look into them to see if there would be a good accessibility thing, I always got kind of a little creeped out by the fact that they'd have you basically consent to, well, you know, if you want to use this service, it's going to send everything that you swipe to type up to our servers, not Apple servers. It was up to their servers so that it could be processed. And I didn't like that idea very much. So I like the idea that it's going to be all encompassed within sure. Apple. And I don't know, I've had a few, uh, you know, swipe uh, type keyboards or slide to type or whatever you want to call them. And um, I don't know, I... I just not uh, for no particular reason. I've just gotten away from them, so we'll see how this works. But like I say, I do like the idea of a floating keyboard, uh, and mo- so you can move it out of the way, so you can see the field. And they're also showing that it can be shrunk down, so you can do one finger, yeah, one handed, mm-hmm. yeah, thumb. a thumb typing. Yeah, uh, we'll see how that works. I, I, d- I'm not as agile and nimble as I used to be. So I don't know. You can you know, kind of do way. that now already. I mean, you can split the the keyboard and then it'll move up and out of the way. But yeah, right. I mean, that's definitely been a problem. If a, if a developer has not tweaked their design enough, sometimes the keyboard doesn't get out of the way of a field and that's really frustrating. Yeah. That, so that's hopefully that'll solve that problem. Uh, see now keyboard shortcuts, uh, navigate the web in Safari and manage your files faster with lots of keyboard shortcuts. I, I don't know. I never, I know the basic, uh, you know, keyboard shortcuts on any keyboard for, it's either the, uh, uh, control or the Apple, uh, key. And then, you know, for cut paste, um, copy that kind of stuff. But I don't know. I guess if I use keyboards a lot, maybe I'd take the time to remember keyboard shortcuts. And it's one of those things that, um, you know, if you're using them, you'll probably remember them. But for me, since I don't use them that often, it takes longer to remember the keyboard shortcut than it just does to, uh, to do, you know. It's definitely else. a muscle memory thing. And sure. if you work, like, in in an industry, you just kind of, you're baptized by fire and you just kind of learn how to use them. So, sure. yeah, for me, okay. for me, I, they're kind of ingrained and I enjoy learning new ones. So, uh, fonts for... Uh, oh, yeah. Which that made be me so huh? happy. Yeah. Right now, in order to be able to manage fonts, it is very clunky. You have to install profiles for every single font. And sometimes that's for individual typefaces as well. It's for individual styles. So you have to have a profile for italic, a profile for bold, a profile for dingbats or whatever. And it's really, really annoying and really hard to manage. Um, so I am really excited for, for font management. 
And for if we could go back to files real quick before we sure. exit that completely. Uh, another thing I've been kind of trying to keep track and I keep losing track of all of the different services and things that have been Sherlocked. And I won't say that Dropbox is Sherlock necessarily, but we can now share file folders in the files app. So it used to be that if you wanted to share a folder with someone, you had to use Dropbox and that was like your only other alternative. Now you'll be able to, in iOS 13 files, you'll be able to share an entire folder. So that will be very interesting. Is that through iCloud or is this like uh, if you're on the same network? It's supposedly, I, I imagine it's through iCloud. Now okay. they did mention SMB file sharing. So maybe there could be a little bit of a twist there. Yeah. But from my understanding, it's, I just understood it to be like Dropbox is equal to iCloud. And okay. so when you have a folder in your iCloud, just like you mm -hmm. would have a folder in your Dropbox, you should now be able to share a link to the entire folder. Yep iCloud Drive folder sharing, collaborate on files and documents with shared folders so everyone's in the loop. So okay. are they distinguishing between iCloud Drive and iCloud? I guess iCloud is like the service and iCloud Drive is one of the products within that service. Okay. That might be, I don't know. I don't do a lot of sharing, so it could be interesting for some people, I guess. Um and then we've got Safari. You can get uh, it'll do desk cla uh, desktop class browsing, which would be uh, I, I could see some uh, uses for that because sometimes you get the mobile version of a, a website and it's just stupid or something. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it's, it's it's subpar. Yeah. Well, yeah. and the thing people are excited about for that is for Google Apps for Education, because one of the biggest complaints about trying to use iPads in education was the fact that Apple isn't quite there yet with their cloud offerings for students, whereas Google is, has kind of taken over that share of the market. And a lot of people complained that they couldn't use Google Apps for Education or just Google Docs, not even just for education, but trying to utilize uh, Google Docs on an iPad was very difficult because it wasn't a because Safari wasn't serving up an entire desktop oh. uh, experience for those web apps. Okay, uh, and then I, this one that I saw a lot of people going crazy for, and I'm going, yeah, okay, the dark mode. Uh, yeah. yes, I, yay, I like the dark mode. I no. don't use it all that often on my Mac, but I really do love it on my iOS devices. And I know a lot of people aren't that excited about it, but imagine people out there that are doing coding, programming, and graphic design for a living. You need to have that that backlit black display. You know, you need to have that for your vision. There's, I, I mean, having worked in the industry and working with people who did color correction all day long you have to be in a dark environment or it just, you can't do your job effectively and trying to edit photos and trying to work with graphics. You're always going to want to have that, that black background. So I think it's a welcome thing. I think that's why everybody is going nuts. Not everybody, but I think mm. that the people for who this was designed for are going nuts over it because it, it is a very welcome feature. I mean, there's, there's, it's horrible when you're trying to use it at night, because that's the only time you can find to work on things for me, you know, and you have these white, bright backgrounds just blazing, burning your eyebrow, your eye, your eyeballs off. It's just, it's not That's fun. the way I like it. Okay. I need, At night, though? Yes, I need bright. <laughs> I need give me a migraine. Yeah, yeah. I need bright. Yeah, it, it, I, yeah, I function better, you know, that way. Yeah, I, I like bright. Uh, and mm. I tried dark mode on the Mac for a while, and then when I had to redo <laughs> my hard drive, it defaulted back to the other one. I went... Yeah, that's fine. I didn't miss mm -hmm. it. 
Uh, and then the, the next one here I wanted to talk about, and we kind of touched on it in our podcast last week where we were talking about signing in with Facebook and Google. Now sign in with Apple. Uh, yeah, yeah that looks thoughts? interesting. Um, I think for me, when there's an option of signing in with Apple, Facebook, or Google, or making your own account, depending on the website, I'm probably still going to make my own account. Yeah. Mm-hmm. If it's something... Like, who cares? Like, maybe uh, sure. you just want to go to a website to read the articles. It's something that if they got your name, big deal. They're not, that's all they're getting. They're not getting yeah, anything out of you. touching your money. Yeah, I think for something like that, I might try sign in with Apple and see what happens. Because I like the idea of the website, all they're going to get from my email address is 671ABC. You know, mm-hmm. they're just going to get this random group of letters and numbers from my email address. So I think I would give it a try. Yeah, once it's. I don't know that I would make it my go-to. Like, no. say, at least I think no. I'd do it the same, uh, because uh, even you know, if it is more secure, and even if we trust Apple more than Google or Facebook, it's still a single point of failure. And right, especially it, for you, and you're in an agnostic world. Yeah, and yeah, and for me, it might be more of a hindrance. You know, if I have yeah. to try and sign, unless. Apple is, you know, uh, loosening up a little bit because they are releasing a TV uh, app for Android. And there are a few other things, uh, you know, music on the uh, Amazon devices and such. So they are loosening up some. But, yeah, I think for somebody like me, yeah, who multi-platform, it might be a pain. And like I say, and I was more worried about the single point of failure because if they hack it, uh, are able to hack because nobody's hack-proof. And they get a hold of it, then they have access to all this stuff. So I'm still gonna, I'm gonna be a little bit more like Kevin on this, and I'm gonna, you know, tinfoil hat and uh, mm-hmm. make my own sign-ins on all this stuff, and have a password manager that will then. Yeah, get and I don't think, and, I don't think that particular feature is targeted towards geeks like us. No, <laughs> I think it's no. targeted towards I mean, the people we were talking about in the like, last episode who just don't want to be bothered with it. Yeah, right. like say for example you uh, you like to cook and you go to a website for uh, recipes uh-huh. and the yeah. only reason why you have to do a name and a sign is because you can save the recipes right there on the, on that particular website and have your own exactly. little recipe box and whatnot. Someone hacks in, big deal. Right. What are they going to do? They're going to find out that you like chocolate? You know, mm-hmm. it's like that doesn't that's so for something like that, that's the type of website I would use sign in for Apple. If it was something like um, you know, banking or or something where I could be hurt if they get my 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 information, that's gonna be a separate name and password. Mm-hmm. And two factor. Right. So we'll see how that one is. Um, and then, uh, Elisa, this one might be of interest to you because I don't use Apple Photos, but was there anything in there that kind of uh, Absolutely not. No? Absolutely not. I don't care for app. I don't care for the photos on iOS. I use the computer. And the, okay. and then the other thing I noticed, Melissa, because mm-hmm. you had complained mm-hmm. about this too, yep. still no keywords. Yep. I, I was I was so hoping I was so let down by that I was like oh why they can do all this I can't believe how packed this was and all the amazing things that they released stuff that you know that they've been working on for years and it's out there and you can I mean we could play freaking Minecraft on a stage in 3D and you can't give me my fucking keywords come on. Yeah, I know where the picture was taken. I think probably because they just assume search. I mean, I wouldn't really think about it because, like I said, I do my photo manipulation on my computer. But I think I was looking at something on my, I don't know if it was my phone or my iPad, 
But I went to pull the picture up and I said, oh, let me put the keyword on it now while I'm thinking about it. I'm like, oh, there isn't one. That's right. Melissa said there isn't one. I'm like, gah. Mm-hmm. Like, it should just be there. I just don't I can edit it. Why? Yeah, you can edit it, but there should be some. And uh, the other thing I wanted, I was, as I, as they were, they're, you know, get, Gearing up for the photos, I was like, come on, keywords, come on, captioning. Captioning is what I, what I was really after, it was captioning. Because you can add keywords mm. into the caption and be able to search for it. But I was like, come on, captioning, and give me a healing brush. I just want a native healing brush. Is that so difficult? I just want to be able to take a picture of my dog doing something cute and be able to, like, you know, just heal off the little fuzzies and stuff, you know? <laughs> it's not that I'm too lazy to vacuum, but come on, I have kids and a dog. I just... What is so difficult, you know, or like, you know, took a really nice picture, but there's a big zit on your on your chin. Why can't we just have a healing brush? Why is it so difficult? They're, they could do all these amazing other things, portrait mode and studio lighting and all this stuff. But we can't have captions and a healing brush. Yeah. Priorities, people. Yes. Um, <laughs> and a few other things. Uh, a new voice for Siri. I would like it if Siri would understand what I'm talking about. You know, We need a new voice for Mike. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Something you know, so yeah, yeah, you know, Siri understands Mike. There's a groundbreaking yeah, the Mike uh, voice. <laughs> Mike voice, yeah. Um, there's a few other things here. Um, uh, smarter ways to share. Um, okay, yeah, I'm just going down the list here. Um, memojis. Uh, I don't think I can yeah, use emoji them. stickers. That, for, that, yeah, for... that was the one where you can put the different color eyeshadow on, and you can put piercings, and you can change the hat and the hair and the well, earrings and blah blah blah. And... Basically, it's like Bitmoji, don't you think? Yeah, yeah. I don't exactly. have Bitmoji, but I know plenty of people who do. I have, and I just Bitmoji. thought if I had time, I would actually sit and play with that. <laughs> yeah, I have my little Red Sox gal. Uh-huh, uh huh. Yeah. Oh. Could I text that to a friend of mine, and she'll text me back with her Mets because you uh-huh. know she and her husband are big Mets fans. But that that was the 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 part where Craig Federici was like, that gives us a lot to think about. Yes, and a lot of people discount that, and they they roll their eyes and they say, oh, who needs you know emojis in life? I'll tell you who because I'm surrounded by them: teenagers mm-hmm. and older people, teenagers and seniors. These seniors that I show that feature to, I swear they turn into ten year old little girls. They just love stickers. They it just makes them so happy. So who am I to deny their happiness? So I have to go learn how to do this. Is my excuse, by the way, I have to go learn how to do this so that I can teach mm-hmm. it to them. Okay. <laughs> oh, and Mike, and you were asking earlier the iPads that are compatible. Right. It's the current iPad Pros, including the 12.9, 11, 10.5, and 9.7 inch iPad Pros, the fifth and sixth generation iPad, the fourth and fifth generation iPad Mini, and the iPad Air third gen, and the iPad Air two. So. That goes back pretty far because my yeah. iPad Air 2, I got in 2000, this is what, I bought mine, I think, 15. And I left my iPad over there, but they're, and their naming is drives me crazy, but it was when they changed the name back to iPad, and I yeah. don't remember how long ago I bought that, but uh, um, it was the, uh, what, 128 gig? model i guess or whatever it was so yeah i was hoping that one would be because i'm kind of looking forward to the the ipad os uh stuff um 
And I don't know, looking at this, may, uh, and maybe we'll have to dig deeper into the tvOS, but I see in, uh, it says audio sharing with, well, this is for AirPods, so now you can pair yeah, two sets of AirPods. same thing. Yeah, two sets of AirPods to one iPad. Now it's mm-hmm. AirPods, so hopefully it'll open the door just a little bit there, because uh, I'm not crazy about the AirPods, but uh, if they would allow. Or to make it available for Apple TV, that would be nice. Right, yeah. So, but, you know, the uh, AirPods are. They're kind of pricey. They seem nice, but and I don't like those things dangling in my ears. I need something better. Um, <laughs> and then there's, there's this other thing here, hand off the HomePod. But I use Spotify, and it has something similar where you can open up and direct it to a device. But it's kind of uh, you know when you, it says when you walk through the door, simply hold your iPad close to the HomePod to seamlessly hand off your music, podcast, or phone call. So, I have never had a desire to get a HomePod until no. I saw that demonstrated. I was well, like, hmm. Not I, that I would spend the money on it anytime soon, but it made me actually want a HomePod, which I didn't have that want before. Because well, it was too limited. Sure, and I still don't want one because I'm afraid mm-hmm. the Google and Amazon, would uh, they'd get together and beat <laughs> each other up or some such thing. You'd, but. you'd hurt their feelings. It's sure. kind of like what when you take have a... babies? They it's like have one in every room. <laughs> it's like when you take a phone call on your watch and you just say, hold on a second, let me grab yeah. my phone, and then you just pick up your phone and just moves yeah. right over to your phone. Yeah. Right. Same idea. But so. so many times I'm coming into the house and I've got like my hands full with groceries or something and I've been doing errands and I'm listening to a podcast. I really would like the ability to be able to do that when I walk at the door when the kids aren't home. And I actually see that's the problem. That's why I don't really have an urge to get a, no- a home pod. It's just too damn noisy here. But when when I did see the fact that they could distinguish be- between different family members voices, then I thought, oh, maybe that might be doable. I mean, our house is just too damn small and it's just there's just too much chaos going on when the kids are home. So, but, but they, when they're in school and when it is quiet, that I would like to be able to do that. Okay. <laughs> I can dream. Can I? Sure. Are you going to go back up the, the list there and go back up to notes and reminders and stuff like that? Cause that was interesting to me. Okay. Well, go ahead. Yeah. Cause, uh, was that in, uh, I, uh, iOS, uh, iPad. Yeah. OS? I mean, this, we're still on the iPad OS list, but it, it applies to, Oh, to iOS sure. overall. So, uh, new and improved notes. There's going to be a gallery view, um, check new checklist options. I just when they demo, they only did it really quickly, but that's something. It's one of those things where, ooh, you know, I want to see that more, more of that. So, notes is definitely going to be something I'm going to be diving into first. And then reminders app, I did get really excited about because I've always every time I use reminders, like there's so many things I love about it. Like I love being able to tell my watch to add something to the grocery list. Now I use a grocery gadget app, and I wish I could just use. Siri, like maybe I just have to build a shortcut to it or something, but I would be, I would love to be able to use voice control to be able to add something to a grocery list and have it just go right into the app that we use. But this is like a good, you know, workaround for the time being. But I always, every time I use reminders, I I love how it integrates with Siri and I love how I can use it hands-free, but it's just still so limiting. There's, I want to be able to do lists. I want to be able to do folders of things. And it looks like you're going to be able to do that now. There's going to be smart lists. So when they keep, in you know on Twitter and stuff, people keep joking about things being Sherlock. This is going to be another one of those things where I have to wonder how many different to-do list and note-taking, or not even note-taking apps, but to-do list and organization apps are going to be Sherlocked by the features that are going to be available in Reminders because it'll be right there natively, and you won't have to actually go out to a third-party app to get those features that you've wanted all along. But I still will for certain things based on what they showed 
is I use do. Do you? I know. I, yeah, I know you like and that one. I've been waiting for it, it to go on sale. I think it's two ninety nine, or maybe is it's it? four ninety nine, and I pay two ninety nine. Yeah, I forget, you got it I on sale. I was waiting for it to go on sale. Yeah, I forget what I what I paid for. It's one it. of those things. I'm just so so picky about it that I hate to I hate to dump the but money I, into it and then not like it. Yeah, see, I really like. I've been using it for a couple of years, and I like the fact that it bugs me. Yeah. So yes. you know, I've got it on my watch. So if it was you know at seven o'clock, take out the trash, and seven o'clock comes, and I don't take out the trash, I can say. I can I can just Use ignore it. it and a few right. minutes I can just ignore it and a few minutes later it's going to go I told you mm-hmm. to take out the trash or I can right. say I'm in the middle of something call me back in an hour mm-hmm. right. and then at eight o'clock it'll go okay take out the trash so I like that because this, I'll forget this is going to have integrations into messages which I like because that's a need that I have like let's say a client contacts me and I don't want to answer right away because I'm you know having family time or whatever but I might look at the message but then the little dot is gone because it does sync you know of course when when we don't want it to <laughs> uh, but then I've lost that ability to like have some kind of a, a reminder so I have to go make one well now supposedly from what they demonstrated it's going to interface with messages better so let's say somebody texts me and asks me a question and I want to get back to them, I can set myself a reminder. Hey, don't forget about this client who asked you a question in, in text messaging. You better go answer them. Like, I don't want to do it right then and there, but I might want to do it in a couple hours from now. So I'm looking forward to that. And that's not something that I've seen in a third-party app that does that. Um, they did demonstrate maps. Um, I did want to talk about, that reminds me, um, back to the what I said in the beginning of the show, um, that I thought that there was a lot more inclusion and uh, seemed like they had a lot, a little bit more of a focus on women and diversity in their keynote this year. They, they've they been really working on that, and I've been pleased to see how they've been progressing. And this time around, it was a lot more obvious, I think. Um, and the person who demonstrated the Maps app came out on stage, and her name was, I wrote it down, Meg Frost. She's the director of product design for Maps, and she rolled out in a wheelchair. And I thought that that was very interesting. I had never seen anybody. Yeah, I didn't think I saw anyone like in a that wheelchair before. before. Yeah. yeah. So I thought that was really great for inclusivity. It looked kind of cool, Maps. I mean, I still prefer Google Maps. Yeah. Um, yeah. But I'll definitely, I'll definitely give this a look because I like the idea. I forget what they called it, where you could. Look at like they showed you a road, and then you were able to kind of basically almost drive up that road. They say they the, call it look around, look around. So I think that's Google Street View. Yeah, um, this is one of those things where I think that Apple's kind of copying Google, but I have to say that it's a much sexier way it look to nicer. look at it. It at looks least that nicer. Example it looks look cleaner. Nicer. I know it's just the thing that keeps me from wanting to jump right into that is that I just haven't been able to rely on Apple Maps. It's let me down a couple of times. And when you have put your faith into a navigation system, when I mean, we've done this, you know, we've driven cross country, we've, you know, gone different places. As a consultant who goes out on house calls, I'm I'm a tech out in the field, I have to be able to get to places. And I have to get to places on time, you know, and I can't, I have to be able to trust a navigation system, especially if I'm going there for the first time. And I usually try to pad it and allow myself extra time. But there's been times where I've used Apple Maps and it has dumped me in the wrong place. And I was really pissed about that. So I guess it's once bitten, twice shy. I will still give it a chance. But I only ever use Apple Maps when, again, it's like reminders. I use it because it integrates with voice control. It integrates with Siri. I guess they're calling it voice control now. But it integrates with the way that I am able to do things hands-free. And I like that. I just wish that it was more accurate. I just wish well, that there was more I could been, do with it. It was rebuilt from the ground up. 
So they always that say might that, help. <laughs> and right. one thing I, know, I thought was helps. kind of cool was the chance. favorites collection. So yeah. if you're going to be traveling, you could put maps from point A to point B, point B to point C. And, and see, I've so, done that and, all on Google. But as but in, a, in like a folder kind of a thing? Well, it's not called a folder, but I have made um, like an itinerary, so to speak, where you can say, okay, I want to go here and then we're going to go to this restaurant and then we're going to go to this motel and stay the night. And then like I've been able to map out a triptych basically for myself in Google Maps while we were traveling across the country. So that is possible. You can pin places, you can star places, you can make a list of favorites that you want to be able to go to and then you can build your your step-by-step or your, your turn-by-turn directions to incorporate that. So that's well, already been possible in Google. It's just that Apple's doing it in a much sexier way. Well, and I've been, I, I would prefer the way that Apple's doing it, but it is possible to do it at Google. And I've been experimenting with navigation apps uh, because if at some point we decide to travel, I ca- and I've been using uh, – Ways, I think that's the one I finally settled on. Um, yeah, Ways is on uh, CarPlay. I noticed. I thought that was interesting. They they don't want to put Google Maps, but or they don't want to put Google Maps on there, but they'll put Ways, and Ways is a Google product. Ways is good in, in my experience. Ways is I liked using Ways only if there's traffic. To be uh-huh. able to see, why is there traffic? Is there an accident? Right. Is there a cop sitting on the side of the road? Is there construction going on? Yeah, Waze gives you a lot more detail. The only thing right. I, don't, I don't like about Waze is that it's like way too much like my, I don't have the type of ADD where I can multitask like that. And that really bothers me. I don't like all of those distractions because that's the crowdsource. It's almost like it's it looks very kind of gamified and I that turns me off. I don't want to have to collect well, little jewels and stuff because I'm driving and I told you there was a cop at, you know sitting on the corner. Um well yeah that well I I guess I want it because out here especially you know uh with spring we've had flooding and I'm hoping I I have a, I don't know that it relies on people to report it so I don't know if enough people yeah, so use it to you know, report, but if a road is flooded, I want to be routed around. And we did kind of run into that because there was flooding on that trip we took this weekend. So Waze there was... feeds into Google Maps. So Waze is like, you can sure. use Waze, but it whatever gets crowdsourced from Waze gets fed into Google Maps. So if there's an accident okay. that people well, report on Waze, you'll see it on Google Maps. You don't have to use Waze. The thing I was you know liked about Waze was, though, too, because I want to use it uh, – I got a uh, on in my car. My wife uh, doesn't, uh, you know, uh, doesn't like that kind of stuff. But when I'm driving in my car, I want this kind of a heads up display, so it will show oh, you yeah. the route, and then off to the side, it'll show you the what your the speed, a digital speed, yeah, uh, that's, yeah, and that's then helpful. what the speed limit's supposed to be. So. Right. Uh, you know, for something like that. And then uh, you can also control, like, uh, your music from there. So you can have this one thing in front of you. So you don't have to take your eyes off the road when you're out here in the country, so not so much. But like I say, if we travel, we get some place we're not familiar with. We get into city traffic. I want to be able to watch to see which asshole is going to cut me off. And mm-hmm. I want to be able to look ahead and just be able to see the stuff and be able to, you know, react with it, it's not have to glance off. It's gotten better. I used it again just to give it another shake, and I did notice it seemed to be a little bit cleaner, and it wasn't quite as busy looking. Sure. So I do want to start using it more, but again, it's like it's an interface that I have to learn, and trying to learn an interface while you're driving is not exactly safe, and I don't well, condone no. that. Well, that's <laughs> so, what, what I've been doing. But when else are you going to learn it? you you got to yep. be moving, you know what I mean? So well, unless you're a passenger and you're that's playing That's exactly how I use it. 
I use yeah. it as the passenger. So we, you know, we're driving home and we run into traffic. I pull out my phone. I yep. open up Waze and go, oh, yep, yep. There's an accident two miles down the road. That's the problem. Mm-hmm. Well, yeah. And I've been using it. I've been getting familiar with it when my wife is driving. Like I say, if we're someplace, you know, I'll probably be doing the driving. I just want it there in front of me and I want to be able to, you know, interact mm-hmm. with it, know what I'm doing. Because, yeah, my wife may or may not want to, you know, screw with that kind of stuff. But, yeah, I, I've been getting familiar with that. And like I say, it would be nice you know, and I don't know, I should look into CarPlay because at some point I should get a new car and see how, because uh, Deb's Toyota, unfortunately, you have to have the deluxe and tune package for that, but it'll mm. give you a navigation map in the display there, But mm-hmm. and I don't know how extensive it is, but yeah, um, I would like something where it would be built in so you wouldn't have to have your phone necessarily in front of you, although it would be nice to have a heads-up display on the windshield. I, I have to tell you, I have a really old-ass car. It's 16 years old now, and the way that I use my iPhone 8 Plus is very much like a CarPlay experience. Um, I have, I'm really happy to report I finally gave in and I, I wasn't going to do this, but I finally gave in and I got a goddamn pop socket. <laughs> I was, I, I just always thought, ah, they're for teenagers and kind of embarrassing, but I finally gave in and got one. And I'll tell you why, because I've always been looking for a good car mount and the way that my car is designed. And you guys know, like, you know, you have to really try to find the best place to put that thing. And of course, you know, it's easy for a lot of people, you'll just attach like a suction cup thing and have it mounted from your windshield. And that's legal, you know, it's fine. I have a um, a dash cam. But the problem here is the freaking sun. It just, it it's brutal and it murders everything. So my dash cam doesn't stay connected when it starts to get into the triple digits. It just wants to peel right off. And to have your iPhone up above the dash, like up above where the vents are, it's going to bake. I've already had that experience a couple of times in the you know in the beginning of owning iPhones where the thing would overheat and then it'd be useless to me. So I've had to learn where in my car is safe to put my phone. So I've, I'm finally happy with the setting, the the setup that I have. I've tried so many different things over several years now, and I've I tried vent mounts and things like that. And then the problem is then they block the whole entire vent. And so then, you know, then I have to sacrifice air conditioning and not here in the desert that, that you want all the air. So I was able to finally get a pop socket uh, car mount, and I stuck it on with some good 3M adhesive. Now, I still have to get through the triple-digit summer. I do try to keep my car shaded. You know, I'll use a windshield cover, or I'll keep it under the carport so that it stays at relatively cooler in the shade. So we'll see how well that holds up to the heat. But knock on wood, so far, so good. And I really love the way that it fits into – because the pop socket rotates – so when you place it into the mount, you can turn it sideways so that so that it's horizontal. So having Waze or having Google Maps or having Apple Maps on there, you get this nice, gorgeous, big, wide road display. So it's very, very much like a CarPlay or like, a nav- like an onboard navigation system. So I love that I could just use my Swiss Army knife of a phone for all that stuff. And because I'm able to use it hands-free, I can keep the map on there and I can use my voice to, like I have a, a, a Siri shortcut um, called uh, Play Castro. So I just say, you know, hey, ass lady, and then Play Castro, and it'll start playing the podcast where I left off. And I can pause it, or then what I do is on my watch, then I have a complication on my watch, and I can just tap that and bring up the pause button if I need to, if it isn't already present. So I'm really kind of, lately I've had a bit of a zen in, in how that's all set up. So it is possible. You just kind of have to work at it, and you really have to kind of configure at it and figure out what exactly are your needs as you're driving. But if you set it up right, you can have it pretty much hands-free. 
Okay. So I've been and, happy with that. And you mentioned Siri, and so they've uh, made some. Uh, imp- well, it would be an improvement. We've touched on it. It'd be an improvement if it understood me. Good luck with that. But uh, <laughs> yeah. they've added. I know it just something. sounds good on one end, not sure, on the other end. Sure. So they've. Uh, you mentioned Siri shortcuts, and it's saying it'll work with uh, with apps in more powerful ways with the built-in. And I think I read somewhere that shortcuts is going to be included. It won't be an app that you got to download. Uh, so it'll be included yeah, in the iOS Yeah, I guess we'll make store. it part of the operating system, kind of like the phone app. That sure. Sort of thing. So, um, and I've got some shortcuts, and I should experiment some more with them. Uh, it, it could be helpful. Uh, I, I think I set up one because I just wanted a quick way to turn Wi-Fi on and off on my phone, and I think without having to drill through a few menus. And that's not too bad a way to do it, I don't think. But, um, yeah, you have the HomePod. Now it says, announce messages on AirPods. Now I wish they would open it up to other bluetooth devices and maybe they will mm-hmm. someday but yeah incoming messages are read aloud which would be nice although i just kind of bring my watch up look at it and um you know that works for me um and then the same thing with uh, from the ipad audio sharing with airpods um let's see we got the the memo memojis whatever they are that mm-hmm. okay yeah for me no uh, <laughs> swipe texting reminders. you say that now yeah, uh, yeah, I I was also the one that poo-pooed the Apple Watch, and then I got sucked <laughs> into the cult, so there you go. Um, yeah, we, we know you better than know yourself, sure. Mike. Well, okay. which should probably lead you into the Apple Watch, the uh, OS sure. 6, yeah. what they did for that. Um, they did, a, you know, new watch faces. They're adding audiobooks and voice memos and calculator to the watch, which I think will be good. Um for women, the cycle tracking, which you know, yes, that, that ship so... that ship has sailed for me. But but for some people, but for you know, for some people, that's going to be very ship helpful. Is out, is out into uh, it's out into the ocean, and it is beginning to sunset for me. But I'm still excited yeah. for everybody. Oh no, else. mine I'm, has I'm already gonna sunk. Get, <laughs> I'm going to get a few years out of that. But the first thing I was screaming when when she announced that, I was like, finally! Like we were saying yeah. FFS before, like finally, finally, it's finally announced. Like that should have been there. Not day one, but like that should have been there way early on that it ever was. Yeah. But I was very, very pleased with that with that announcement. Yeah. And the extra health and fitness, the activity trends, the noise apps, you know, which will probably, mm-hmm. you know, as a concert goer, I should probably use that now and then, you know, to help protect your hearing and the cycle tracking, as we already said. And that is available with or without the watch. So if you don't have a watch, you can just still act, you know, tra- you know, uh, keep track of all those things on your phone. Yep. It'll be part uh, of the health app. Yeah, like I said, I've been lazy, so I'm looking at this stuff as we're talking, and uh, some of these new watch faces, which would be if um, I like, I've got several watch faces set up, and I swipe uh, because I have different watch faces for different things. Like I've got one here that's got, uh, oh, I am not talking to you. I did not press that button. <laughs> So I've got one set up here with the date in the corner, the time, and then the weather in the middle, a calculator. And I think they they said that they're actually... they added a calculator. So, yeah, my calculator app, whatever it is, I don't remember, got Sherlocked. i got messages in the center, and then I've got uh, drafts over on the side. And then I've got another one that's when I'm working and listening to music, I can control stuff. So I've got different ones set up. And, uh, like, see, it says uh, it'll integrate... Uh, Shazam. So, Syrian Shazam. Yeah, that was another. Was that a Sherlock thing? Did they? they, I think they bought Shazam, didn't they? I think so. Yeah. 
Yeah, that was yeah. a number of years ago. Right. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, you can, uh, was it, uh, you hear a new track that catches your, raise your wrist and ask, what is this? So I'm assuming the stuff that you're playing, it would be nice if you're, if it can hear it. There's been times you've been in a restaurant or someplace, and they're playing a song. What song is this? And, you know, you're trying to get it, something to recognize it. So that could be interesting. It works best on the car. If we are listening to the radio, I'll say who's playing this and, you know, have it do it on my phone. And then there have been a couple times where it would come up or I, or I use Shazam to do it. And it's worked out really nicely where it will play the song and it'll take you right to the spot where it was in the lyrics. Okay. Now, but this looks like with the, what song is this? You have to have cell- cellular connectivity. Ah, interesting. Yeah, okay. unless they mean, well, hopefully through the phone. And I was just going to say, hopefully that's what it means, sure. as opposed to cellular on your on your watch, because right. then that's not going to help. But I like that idea. Instead of having, because that's you know, I've done the same thing where you go, oh, I like that song. Pull out your phone, right. open the app, and by the then you maybe know, the app, maybe you're in the grocery store and you yeah. hear this, you know, you hear this song, and then by the time you pull everything out, it's like, oh, they're on to the next song. Ah, oh, man. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so well, that's the end of that. And it uh, looks like they um, are going to make the uh, watch a little more self-sustaining. So <clears throat> you, uh, some people are saying that you'll probably still need the phone to set up the watch. But after that, it may be more self-sustaining uh, because they're going to bring an app store to mm-hmm. the watch, which I thought was going to be uh, interesting. Yeah, Haley Allen demoed that where you could just basically go to the app store, get a an app just like you would in the app store in your phone and just download it and install it right on the watch. Yeah. Uh, she also demoed a voice memo. I thought you'd be excited about that, Mike. Which one? A voice memo, native voice oh, sure. memo. Okay. Yeah, and like I say, I've got drafts. You've got for, drafts. Yeah. yeah. So I don't know again, but yeah, I mean, if it works natively, cause, you know, we'll see how that mm-hmm. how it works. But yeah, I've got drafts. Well, that'll and- be good when the spammers call. So <laughs> when the spammers are on the phone, you can just say, uh, put it on speaker, and then just you know, pop open the voice memo on your watch, and you know damn well they made it just for you, Elisa. Have at it because uh, I'm I'm ready. It's all yeah. it's all because of, all because you recorded that voice memo that That's with right. your phone. That's why they said, oh, we got to get this on the the watch so that Elisa can record more of them. That's right. Okay. okay. <laughs> um, and since I don't do audio books through Apple, this won't do me much good. Oh, I suppose I could experiment with it. But uh, you can uh, audio books on your watch. Um, I think that'll be great. I mean, in addition yeah, to listening to podcasts, now you can uh, listen to audio books. Well, I already have the Audible app on there. Mm-hmm. but so Yeah, and the Audible, that works well. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, but most of the time, because I don't download it to my phone, I uh, or to my watch, I have it on my phone, but yeah, you know, we'll see how that goes. Um, it is, it is pretty uh, zen. It's a very wonderful zen feeling to be able to just put in some wireless Bluetooth earbuds and just be able to listen to audio right from your Apple Watch with nothing right. else connected. Right. Oh but, well, that's what I, I told you. That's what I do with the gym, and it's great. Yeah. I just make yeah. sure that the podcasts are on my watch before I go, and then I just put the earbuds in, and it's great. Um, yeah, and like I said, I always got my watch with me. So for me, you know, I, and I don't, my exercises work. So I always have, uh, have it in my holster at work. So that's not a big thing, but, um, for me anyway. Now, uh, new ways to stay motivated, activity trends. So maybe I have more ways to annoy you people. Um, <laughs> 
Uh, and or it can annoy me because before we started podcasting, Elise and I was talking about the stand goal on the phone because I stand all day at work, and it was like this afternoon. You've uh, you know you're just about to your stand goal. I've been standing all day. You moron, count it already. <laughs> um, but that could be interesting. Um, it looks like you'll be able to do more on your watch when it comes to exercise. So um, more ways to handle that stuff would be nice. Um, yeah, the, the cycle tracking you guys already uh, discussed. Yeah, hearing health. Uh, okay, I don't know. This might be going off for me all the time. I it might not be useful. I for wondered me. about that. Yeah, because you know, depending upon what I'm doing. Like the other day, I was uh, using a machine to scrape paint off the floor. So I'm sure it would the battery would have died the first ten minutes. Going, you're losing your hearing. What? Mm-hmm. <laughs> but don't you when you like when you mow the lawn at school? Right. I assume that you have a riding mower. Right. Don't you have the, um, oh, what do you call them? Like the, the, the headphones, yeah, you the know, hearing protection. Yeah. yeah. Well, cause I see, I see people, you know, out and about when they're mowing the lawn for business, you know, businesses, right. they always have the ear protection on. Well, what I usually have is ear, well, I either put in, depending, I have several sets of, uh, hearing, um, Bluetooth uh, headphones I use. I either have my bone conduction, and if I have them on, I'll stick in earplugs so I can hear it, or I have a different set that will go in the ear, kind of block out noise, and then I'm ruining my hearing by playing the music loud. I, I was wondering, like, how are you? Are you canceling it out? Or are you well, blocking <laughs> like, are it you out? Really? Are you really protecting your it? hearing? Yeah, substituting yeah. Uh-huh. might be a better uh-huh. choice of words, but um, yeah. And I thought for me, maybe not so much, but you know, for other people. You know, and if it uh, and what I'm looking at here, it looks like it'll give you the decibel rating, which could be kind of interesting, uh, depending upon what I'm doing and everything. Or maybe I can use it. I can hold it up to my wife and say, you're talking too loud. Um, <laughs> that'll end well. Uh, <laughs> but, uh, yeah, I don't know. That could be, you know, it, it could be interesting. And, you know, I should take better care of my hearing because I... It's not as good as it used to be. Part of it is age. Part of it is just everything else. So, um, Okay, I think we've gone through pretty much the highlights of the watch OS. What mm-hmm. else have we? Uh, Mac, oh, Mac OS. Mac, Mac OS, OS Catalina. Yes, mm-hmm. it's, it's, it's the year of the cat. Quick, name the artist. Al Stewart. Okay. Daniel, <laughs> Challenge me. Challenge me. Uh, oh, Lord. Okay, Thanks. Yeah. Now that time's <laughs> playing in my head. <laughs> yeah, there you go. Uh, but, yeah, when they said Catalina, that was the first thing I thought of was the year of the cat. Um, See, I live and I and I live near and I work in the Catalina foothills, so the Catalina oh. mountain range is nearby. Not that same one. That one's out, I guess, on the island. But, sure. yeah, so Catalina is close to here. Okay. I just hope that once this is installed in September, October, whenever it's released, that it gets rid of the damn spinning beach balls <laughs> that I have been having and the machine being just locked up. I wonder what I'd replace it with. <laughs> you know, and I, I don't know if it's uh, my computer because it is five years old. Maybe it's just saying replace me, replace me, but I really don't want to. Or maybe there's just cruft on it and needs a totally wiped out and clean install. I wonder. Or which I'm not doing because I'm just not strong enough. <laughs> just, I, that, it, that would be the end of me. It's like, no, 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 not going to do that. And, um, you know, I don't know. Or maybe it, maybe have it run, is. Have you run any kind of cleaning apps on there? Like clean my oh, yeah. Mac or anything? And it's not found I just rough? Don't like a, like clean a huge my Mac. sleep system file or something? I have, um, oh, what is it I use? Um, Daisy Disk and I've used Omni Disk Sweeper. Mm-hmm. So there's nothing 
you know, like a uh, hundred gig video folder or something that needs to be tossed. Nothing like that. No, um, most, something most of, in the background. Something most most of mine is is photos and music. Mm-hmm. Um, I am going slowly going through the thirty two bit apps that I have and okay. looking at them and going through and saying. I haven't used this in a year. Goodbye. Goodbye. Mm-hmm. And some of them I leave alone because they're like six megs. It's like, eh, it's not yeah, doing anything. It's right. not going to make a difference size-wise. Of course, well, you've looked at activity to... monitor whenever the beach ball comes up to see what I might can't be do anything. Causing... No, once that beach ball comes up, I can't do anything. Mm. And the weird thing is I'm always playing iTunes in the background. Always. I'm always listening to music. And this happens a lot when I'm doing my genealogy. Mm. And uh, it'll, I'll be, you know, find a person. Yay. I'll be in newspapers.com and I find an article and I'm going to clip it so I can put it in my program and mm-hmm. everything just stops, but the music continues to play. Mm-hmm. And I just have to sit there for about a minute and just go do, 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 do. And then all of a sudden it, everything pops back up again and it works fine well, until it doesn't. Maybe this will fix it because I uh, hope so. Well, uh, yeah, where I'm going with this is that, uh, um, and I don't use it, but when I have to, it drives me crazy. They finally took iTunes out behind the shed and shot it <laughs> and split it into three. Split into smithereens. Yeah, because every time I don't use it very often, every time I go in there to do you know something, uh, it's like where the Sam Hill do I have to? What do I have to click on to get to where I need to go? And like I say, maybe if I used it, it wouldn't bother me so much. But uh, when it, I do use it, it's not an intuitive interface or not plainly intuitive maybe once you get into it it's fine but it always drives yeah. me crazy so they're splitting it music tv and podcast three yes apps. i never had a i never had a problem with itunes yeah. i mean i'm probably one of the few sure. that doesn't care that they're all together At the same time i don't care that they're splitting it either and one thing that i found um curious is when this came out before the official announcement that itunes was probably going to be broken up into different um apps there were some people on Twitter going, oh, my God, oh, my God, my music, my music is going to be gone. It's like, why would you think that? Why would yeah. you think that the music that you purchased or that you burned would be gone? Right. I don't know. Some people get hysterics, you know, whatever. And I'm looking at it going, wow, three more apps on my Mac I won't use because, like I say, I don't do Apple Music. Uh, the TV app, I don't know. We'll see. Um, I, I have used it on my iPad and on my phone and it's not the updated one that's supposed to be coming up, but it does, it's kind of interesting. Uh, and I do kind of like, uh, I'll have to see how it works. The idea that you can just go into this and say, I want to watch this show and I, I've got to see exactly how it does work, but it'll look through different services and bring you the show. I do have, you can do that on the fire TV. I can do it on my Amazon TV, uh, box that I have. Um, you know, it will do that, but if this does it smoother and does it better, um, you know, it might, if it intrigues me, maybe might make me get an Apple TV, but you know, I've got enough other things to watch, uh, right now. So it would have to be real interesting to get me to try use it. But like I say, uh, and I podcast, I, I use downcast and I have it both on the Mac and iOS. So, and I don't do video podcasts very often. So I don't know, three apps that I may will collect dust balls. I suppose we'll just have to see how that works. But, uh, but I am, like I say, iTunes has kind of bugged me and it's bugged a lot of people, um, for years. So, um, 
Um, I'm excited about it. I, I'm excited because I still use a lot of older tech, and I like the idea that you can still plug in your iPhone or your iPad or your iPod, and you can still sync it manually. And the fact oh, yeah. that they moved it to the Finder is like, oh, finally, that makes so much more sense now. Sure, yeah, something that's a little bit more intuitive. Um, okay, just scrolling down the list here again, photos. Um, Alisa, you do that more than uh, than I do. Anything in photos that... Uh, piqued your attention nope okay all right well that was quick <laughs> i don't even remember what they said about photos on, on yeah the i did uh, i'm mean, trying to look they at really the... highlighted it on the mac it was mostly the io yeah, yeah. the only thing i took notes on for um mac os was the, the like you already said the splitting up of, of itunes sure. and sidecar we already talked about with ipad yep. the activation lock where a thief can't use a stolen ipad yeah. on MacBook. i wanted to talk about that you know, I thought that was good because the first thing I thought of was my son when he had his stolen. Right. So that was that was something that'll be very, and that'll a, be helpful. A lot of this stuff we've covered under iPad OS and some of the other stuff. Um, right. Screen time. Uh, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you know, the first thing my kids said when they because I did have them watch the keynote and the the big one made oh. made it through all the way and the little one not so much but <laughs> they both said ah oh, screen time on the back because they know that parental controls are turned on and let me tell you i hate parental controls as much as i want to use it i end up giving up a lot of times because just trying to block a few websites that i don't want them going to like we were having a battle with youtube for a while and so i wanted to try to to block youtube but it only works for safari well they end up using chrome so many people piss and moan about flash i get it i get it you don't want to use it and i get it oh nobody uses flash anymore well let me tell you something school and education websites still use flash there's still i mean they're trying to weed it out they're trying to get rid of it but we we're still stuck with it so we've had to do a lot of workarounds and um so the kids you know they have they have their own computers and but just trying to manage the parental controls like i know i have either of you ever used something called little snitch where it lets you know what incoming yeah. traffic is coming oh, in i think i did years and years yeah. ago well let me tell you just turn on parental controls and you won't need that because oh my god everything gets flagged i mean i'm just talking about even just using one password or using dropbox just like two simple utilities that we use all the time there's all these little like uh, websites and things that are going on in the background that you don't know about until you turn on parental controls and then all this stuff gets brought to your attention because you have to approve it as an administrator and it is a pain in the ass so I will be interested. I will be definitely putting it through its paces. I only have one computer that the kids will be able to use uh, screen time with um, because it's eligible. It's a 2012 uh, MacBook Pro, and I think it's. I think that's what got where the after that it's cut off. Um, so I'm interested to see how how well that works because I have been using it with a lot of success on their iPhones, and it's really you know helped a lot. I think in in cutting down, especially now that it's summer, I'm trying to to manage a lot of that stuff and. Some of the times, I, some of the times I'm I'm overkill, and I realize that. But it's because I'm testing it out, and my oldest has been pretty good about it. But they do get really annoyed with it. They get annoyed enough to know when they see that icon, they kind of roll their eyes. They're like, "Oh, mom!" <laughs> <laughs> and I just kind of laugh, you know, my evil laugh. Okay. Uh, but I was I was I was excited about that. But what I really want to talk about is that Find My. They're going to call it oh, yeah. Find My now. Instead of find my iPhone or find my iPad, I'm I'm glad for that because, and it's going to take some getting used to to saying that, because every time I want to tell people about find my iPad, but it's called find my iPhone, that confuses them. So hopefully that will clear up a lot of the the confusion because it's really, it's really used to find all of your devices, 
And up until this point, it's been working great because we have uh, iCloud family sharing set up and we can find each other's devices. But what I was really excited about is that now you will be able to track devices that have gone offline because that happens mm. a lot with little kids. You know, there's been a couple of times where the phone ends up in the couch cushions, <laughs> you know, or, you know, out in the car or something like that. And it's, it's really good. And then, of course, the battery dies. So that is really excited. I mean, our devices are probably too old to take advantage of it. But for the future, I think that'll be really, really helpful to a lot of people and families to try to locate that stuff. And, yeah, I was thinking about your son, Elisa, too, because, you know, that's really a pain in, in the ass trying to find something. But it's offline. Well, of course it's offline because they took it off a of Wi-Fi. Or, in fact, that was one of the big things um, when Nate's second iPhone was stolen one of the things that I realized because they had added this feature was prior to that, you couldn't do this, but in, uh, let's see, I guess it was in iOS 9 that it was running. You could, that was when they first uh, introduced Control Center by swiping up from the bottom. Mm. So when, from a locked screen, before you get a chance to enter the passcode, you can swipe up from the bottom and that's where you can enable and dis disable Wi-Fi. So when the kids stole it, we, I mean, maybe I'm giving him a little bit too much credit. I'm not exactly sure. But just in case I'm not, so that you know, when you swipe up from the bottom, if, if you're a kid and you want to be a jerk and you want to steal something, you swipe it up and you immediately disable Wi-Fi. Because what that did was, as soon as he realized that he couldn't find his phone, that it had been stolen, what he could have done, and I think he did try to do, was go to his, his teacher computer and log into his iCloud account and go pull up, find my iPhone. Well, because the kid was able to swipe up from the lock screen and disable it by putting it into airplane mode or just turning off the Wi-Fi, it made it so that he couldn't find it. And of course, it's not going to be in the vicinity. So by the time school was out, it was too late. So when I when we did get it back, and that was one of the lessons that we learned, I had to disable swipe up for control center from the lock screen. On, on my husband's phone, just in case, like, if he ever did set it down again. So then that way, someone who, who picked it up couldn't disable the connectivity to the phone right away because they'd have to be able to unlock the phone in order to get to that screen. So that's why I changed that. But now having this feature where it can still be located even if the Wi-Fi has been disabled. Now, I, I don't know about Bluetooth. It said, it said a Bluetooth beacon. Mm -hmm. So I'm not sure if that means that, like, so what, it, what would happen in that case? What if somebody did steal it? And they swiped up and they disabled. Like, what if they put it into airplay mode? Is it still going to, that would be a question I, I would have. Is it still going to be able to be tracked? Because it says it could be tracked when it's offline, meaning, does that mean that the battery died and it's offline? Like, it's like it's in sleep mode. They talked about that. But what happens if it's powered off? What happens well, if it it's Well, it sounds like it's, it says... When you mark your device as missing and another Apple user's device is nearby, it can detect, it can detect the Bluetooth signal. So it mm -hmm. sounds like it might be if you lose your phone and it's near me mm -hmm. and that lost phone gets picked up by my phone. Right. So it's like a peer-to-peer -peer network. Yeah. It's sending out a Bluetooth Like a beacon. tile, like the tile works. Is that yeah. like the same idea? That's what I imagine it to be, but my question is still, what happens if if it's been put into airplane mode? What happens if it's been, what happens if Bluetooth has been disabled? I mean, I guess, I guess the issue would be like, you have to log into the computer in order to do that. So I guess that's why it would still work. Because if someone just steals your, if, if someone steals your iOS device 
they can disable any network connectivity to it by just putting it into airplane mode. And that puts the kibosh on everything, right? Including Bluetooth. So what I want to know is, in that case, in that scenario, does a Bluetooth beacon still provide a signal even if Bluetooth from the phone has been disabled? Is there some kind of Bluetooth backdoor is what I'm wondering. And then for a Macintosh, for a laptop running around there, um, yeah, I mean, that's not something you can just disable. <clears throat> you can't take it apart and pull the battery. You know, there's no way to disable the, the network connectivity on a MacBook Pro or a MacBook unless you've logged into it. Do you know what I'm saying? Whereas on an iPhone, you can get to that screen easily by swiping up for Control Center. Okay. Now, again, you, you can disable Control Center from the lock screen if that's a concern. But most people don't know that you can do that. Right. So I still wonder about the Bluetooth beacon thing. Oh, I am excited experimenting. for it. Yeah, oh, yeah. That'll be one of the first things. Like, hmm, can I do this? Because I'm always doing that. I'm always doing that little fire drill. Like, hmm, you know, what happens if, I, what happens if I'm a crook? You know, I always try to, like, think about right. that. Um, but the other big thing that I want to talk about is the Apple ID and how crucial that's going to be when it comes to this. Um, you won't be able to hack into a computer anymore. I, I wonder. I mean, they've made it so that if you're... If your laptop is lost or stolen and someone else picks it up, it's going to be useless to them without an Apple ID and password. But what happens to all those people that don't know their password anymore? Like I know so I just see it so much and I'm constantly harping on it and they just don't I can't get people to understand how seriously important it is that they're able to know their password to their Apple ID. Because so many times I end up having to be the digital custodian when they bring their stuff back to me from the Apple store and they just have their, their password reset because that's kind of their MO. I mean, what are they going to do? A, a customer brings a product into the Apple store to, for, to troubleshoot, to fix it, and they can't get into it. They're going to have the customer answer questions or do whatever they can. They're going to have it reset and they'll have a new password. But then that's only that one device that they brought in. Then they come home and like the three other devices, it's all it's a domino effect. It's all broken. So I have to wonder, I mean, I, I've, I've told you guys in the past, like I, I operate as a, as a kind of a digital undertaker. Sometimes people will have, you know, their spouses have passed away and they'll want to get either get rid of the computer or they'll want to repurpose it somehow. And I end up having to basically be like a hired man in the middle, so to speak. And, you know, I, I ask them questions, you know, I get, you know, just the clues that it gives you and I'm able to help them get stuff unlocked. I basically am a hired hacker is, is what it is. And that job is going to get really difficult in the future. Oh. And, and, and you know, it's a good thing. I don't want to be able to hack into people's stuff. The fact that, that I can disturbs me greatly, but it's a need that needs to be fulfilled. And, and too many people just don't, there's that complacency. They don't realize just how important that, that login is. Right. And, and I then, hope that it comes, I hope they take it seriously. Right. And then, because uh, down here they have approved with Apple Watch so you double-click the side button on your Apple Watch to authenticate on your Mac. Now, I didn't – there was something – there were some people saying, I don't know if it was this or something else, that you had to have a certain chipset in order for that to work. I don't know if this is it. Uh, the T2, yeah, the T2 chipset. Yeah, right. And so I don't know if that's – because there are some times that uh, – I don't know. I would like <clears> – <throat> um, or if it could interact with my phone more, too, because there are times I use LastPass as my uh, password manager, and sometimes uh, it does the two-factor authentication. 
so it'll send uh, something to my phone if I log into my if I haven't logged into my LastPass on my browser for a while. It'll say you know you need to reauthenticate, and it'll send something to my phone. I wish it would work where I could just bring up my watch and tap yes, I want to authenticate that, so I wouldn't have to be grabbing my phone and mm-hmm. you know unlocking it and then hitting the thing to uh, um, you know verify that yeah I want that. Uh, to use that thing. Uh, so I was hoping they would do something like that on the Apple Watch. Um, mm-hmm. Maybe they will. I don't know if that's included in that or not. But um, I wonder. I wonder. I always think about these things like why did they do it that way or why did they do it at all or why did they not do it? And I have to wonder about the security implications. Like we would think that, oh, it's so easy why don't it just become available on the Apple Watch? Well, there may be a security implication that's that's strong enough to say, yeah, that's not a good idea. Like well, that, that, the, that just the thing invalidates about, security. The thing about your Apple Watch is, though, once you take it off, it either has it's to locked. Well, yeah, you either have to, uh, you know, connect the phone or turn the phone on so it'll see the phone and reactivate, or you got to type in the the passcode. So mm-hmm. that's a little bit better. So I don't know if they will start using that more for certain things. Um, it would be nice, though, because like I say, there's times I'm on, like, my tablet. i got my phone over here in the charger. And, okay, first world problems. I have to reach around, <laughs> back around to grab my phone to authenticate oh, it. Boy, I, I boy. know. Oh, yeah, your crocodile <laughs> tears are just, uh, I'm drowning in them. But, yeah, but it would be just, or, you know, it'd just be nice. Or I left my phone downstairs and I'm trying to do something. just be nice for it to pop up in the phone and, well, and do it, it that it, way. it would just be nice as an equate to, it would sure. just be secure. <laughs> just because sure, you too. can do something doesn't mean you should. <laughs> right. You know, and, uh, and we've kind of touched on the voice control. So, so I think we've covered most of what they talked about i think so i I got pretty much much my notes Mm -hmm. so uh of all the stuff that's been announced uh why don't we go around here what kind of excited you guys the most um elisa what was there anything that really kind of got your motor going well nothing really that i said oh i can't wait but i the sidecar i think is interesting sure i want to see if that works Um, um yeah, I think that's really about it, to be honest. Uh, Melissa, uh, was there anything that uh, got your attention? A lot of things. That's that's the problem. Okay, I, I know what I'll pick. Um, so this isn't necessarily a feature that got my excitement because there's so many features. But I will tell you that one of the biggest reasons why I like to watch the keynote, I was we didn't talk about this at all, but uh, Elise and I were frustrated by this. They had it play at 10 o'clock local time. And then both of us had appointments to get to or something. We both had to leave in the middle of it, not be able to watch it. And then when I came back, I thought, oh, you know, it'll be up in like an hour or two. Usually it's available pretty soon. It was not available for over 12 hours. I know yeah. I know that not because I was like, you know, sitting there waiting on pins and needles for it. But, you know, it was in the back of my mind. Like I knew we were going to talk about it. I knew that anytime there's the, the stuff comes out in the news, I get lots of questions about it from friends and family and my clients. So I really did have, you know, kind of an urge to to want to be able to watch this. And plus, I wanted to watch it with my kiddo. So we ended up not being able to watch it until, you know, school's out. So it's fine. But not till after like midnight. So it was over 12. So I ended up watching the damn thing over three different devices. I watched part of it on my Apple TV when it was on live. Then I had to watch it 
by air playing it from my iPad because then they did make the keynote available on the website. So I was able to uh, play it on my iPad and air play it to my Apple TV. And then <clears throat> it ended up getting so late that I couldn't, I could not keep my eyes open anymore. As excited as I was, it ended up getting so late that I couldn't finish watching it. And I ended up watching the rest of it when I got up the next morning on my third generation Apple TV. <laughs> so I watched it across three different devices. I had to get the full, the full effect. But the thing that I love about watching it and then rewatching it is looking for Easter eggs. So I will say that my favorite part of any keynote, whether it's WWDC or just a regular keynote announcement, is the Easter eggs. And I did take notes on that, and I tweeted a couple of them. Um, whenever they do the demonstrations for things, because, I mean, this is kind of my jam. I, do, I make a lot of tutorials and screenshot a lot of things, and I'm always looking for ways, well, how do I, you know, depersonalize it? I don't want to reveal personal information. Like, maybe I wanted to screenshot something, but it was something from another client or whatever, and I want to, you know, scratch their name out. And so I pride myself on making resources for people that, don't have personal information attached to them. And so I really get a kick out of the examples that they use when they, like when they went to announce uh, dark mode. And so the thing that cracked me up the most was, and you know, you always know like there's something in there. So you want to see what it says. And we zoomed in on the calendar when they have the iOS calendar and he had things like goat was, yoga. Yeah. Goat yoga <laughs> <laughs> and uh, volcanic scrub bath or something like yeah. And I just like he had like five different examples and uh, I, I, I should see if I can find the tweet to put in the show notes. But I thought that was hilarious. And I know it's goofy and I know it's cheesy. But the fact that they do it, the fact that they actually because he, he Greg Federico even said the de details matter. And that is so important to me. I love the little details that they put in. I, I look for those things. And to me, they're kind of like little Easter eggs. So that's my favorite part of any presentation is going back through and looking for the Easter eggs, things that other people may not have noticed. Like I noticed that the women who gave the demonstrations on cycles and the, the health app and the maps and the voice memo and things like that, they had their blouses were the same color as some of the, the palettes and the iOS themes. And I just thought that's a that's a nice touch. I thought that was really really interesting. So the Easter eggs are my favorite part. Okay, and for me, uh, the iPad OS, um, especially if it, you can make it easier to access files and uh, be a little bit more intuitive about different things, that uh, kind of excites me. And you know, the Watch OS, if they keep improving that, so I can do more from my wrist when I'm working. So those two there, I think, are probably the two that. Uh, you know, really kind of got me. Uh, I, I've been more uh, intrigued by this than I have some of the other WWDCs because some of the stuff is like, yeah, you know, whatever. But this uh, actually has kind of got me, you know, and part of it too is I, you know, there wasn't a lot of spoilers leading up to this, or at least I didn't hear any. Um, of course, I don't always. I I kind of avoid some of that stuff anyway, so I didn't know what mm -hmm. all was. Yeah. So it was. I, there was actually a few surprises for me this time. Although I heard about iTunes, and I'm thinking, yeah, about damn time. Um, <laughs> so uh, same with the cycles, about damn time. <laughs> sure. Okay. Um, I mean, each everybody has their own ideas, and well, and you know, macOS. Okay, they keep improving. That'll be great. So, um, 
but yeah, we've run oh, you know just about an hour and a half now. So um, I think we'll kind of wrap this up. And if anybody else wants to share their opinions, you know, let us know uh, about what they thought about iOS. On you know, we're all on Twitter. So why don't we do the outroducing uh, uh, stuff so people know where to contact us if they do want to express one of uh, their opinions? So um, Melissa, where can people find you? You can find me online all over at the Mac Mommy, and you can go to my website, themacbommy.com. Okay. And Lisa, where can uh, people uh, send messages to you? On Twitter, it's at SenseiDai. And the uh, other place is 3geekyladies.com with the number three spelled out, which is the podcast I do with Suze Gilbert and Vicki Stokes. And this Saturday, we're recording again, and we're having the same conversation. Okay. So when we do, I'm not going to remember. Did I already say this? Or? <laughs> well, we'll get it in different contexts. So yeah. that'll be uh, that'll be interesting. Uh, and if people want to find out more about me, they can follow me on Twitter at DSC Chipman. I have my about.me page at about.me slash Mike McPeak. That's M-C-P-E-E-K. And if you want to hear me talking about some non-tech stuff, I have my uh, other podcast that I do, Holding Out for a Hero at holdingoutforhero.net so you can go over there and check that out and if um, um, you know, and again shoot I, <laughs> my speech for since I thought I, you were on you a roll need there, to write yeah, <laughs> well I do have it written out I got it in uh, uh, Google Drive you need a shortcut that's what you need you need a shortcut for it I need a brain is what I need and like I say <laughs> if I would have been prepared I actually had Google Drive open and I suppose by the time I get to this, everyone's going to be bored and say, shut the hell up. Uh, <laughs> outro. Here we go. There we go. Uh, it's for your comic effect people. And, of course, now Google is taking forever to open. Anyway, if you have comments, please go to iTunes and leave them there. Um, and if you want to know more about the show, head over to geekishowever.com. Um, and uh, we hope you've enjoyed the show as much as we have. And don't forget between now and next week to hug a geek. is not making movies or laying the smackdown on fools the rock listens to the tech fan podcast with tim and david can you smell what the rock is cooking